You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for slopes cast and uh yeah we've got quite a few topics to go through today we normally have six but today well we have five plus a few more uh but there's still a few in there there's still there's still quite a few in there that was a terrible introduction but we're gonna keep it anyway <laughs> how you yeah. doing grizzly you all right mate <laughs> yeah all good all good all good yeah so uh while while there is any technically five topics today uh one mm. is a biggie so oh, yeah. rather than uh try and force our way through a sixth topic uh, we wanted to try and keep it succinct, but also be able to give that topic the attention it deserves. Um, so let's let's go through that list, shall we? Absolutely, go through it, mate. Okay, so today on Slopes Cast, uh, we're going to be talking about your chance to win the exclusive and elusive Paprium Kickscammers edition. So we're going to talk about how that came to pass. Yeah, it's, um, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Yeah, to say the least. Um, and then we talk about Zul and the more to come on Evercade in the Gremlin collection. We talk about the big topic this week is we talk about the video game awards um, and mm-hmm. every game announcement, every big announcement Ooh. of which one of those is the next topic, the Sonic 2 movie trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And also we'll, we'll obviously be talking about the game as well. Yeah. And then we'll be uh, also talking about a certain Peter Molyneux and uh, non-related, but kind of Kickstarter jumping on the blockchain bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And then the rest. Yeah, so quite a few topics to get through. And uh, like you said, we're going to be starting off with the crazy story behind the fact that Kickscammers is kind of getting its own game, but not really. Yeah. So long-time viewers of the show, uh, of the Kickscammer show, will know that I've actually done a video with the awesome Steaker uh, all about Paprium. Now, Paprium was a crowdfunded game before the days of uh, uh, Kickstarter and um, it only recently actually came out in the last year or so. Uh, but it didn't come out to all backers. They essentially ran out of money to get it to all backers. Um, when I say run out of money, there was a lot of issues between the fact that uh, 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 PayPal was holding back some of their money. Some of what they were saying was like, really, is that true? Like, you know, it, it was getting a bit like, what's going on here? Um, I quite like the game. I'm not like the biggest fan, you know, I mean, on the Mega Drive, I'm comparing it obviously to things like Streets of Rage, uh, and it's never going to beat that. But it is, without a doubt, jaw droppingly impressive for that system. I just wasn't a big fan of some of the choices they went down that uh, went down with that particular game. My biggest criticism was the fact that it wasn't released on other hardware. Why limit yourself to, as much as I love the Mega Drive, it is my favorite system of all time. Why limit yourself to just the Mega Drive when this could, uh, obviously with some tinkering, 
work on more up-to-date consoles even like you know even if it was like the dreamcast or like you know definitely modern stuff with the switch and ps4 ps5 xbox what have you um well that's happening to, to make up the money which they need to finally send out the last few copies and also get it up to uh, uh into more people's hands there is another kickstarter which we actually talked about a f- probably a month ago uh, on on the uh, slopes cast and they reached out to me pretty much since the beginning um to try and get me to do a promo for them you know I and mean, obviously they'd seen my video and um yeah uh not not a lot happened for the longest time but we chatted about it for quite some time uh i didn't want to do a sponsorship definitely didn't want to do you know like they give me money to promote a kickstarter that i've previously done a kick scammer on it that there's a like channel suicide of course um but instead what they said they'll um uh, I, I was going to bring in fact i actually already had brought it up quite a few times in in uh youtube posts and obviously we talked about it on the podcast and what have you and on on social medias and they said they were going to put me in the game. Um, so uh, it was all a bit hazy on how this worked. Like, so what's it going to be? Is it just going to have, is it just the, the, the game cover that's going to have Kick Scammer Edition on there? Am I going to be in the game as like someone in the background? Um, and honestly, I'm still a little bit up in the air on what exactly is going on here. Um, but from what I have been told, I am actually going to be, and I don't, I've not really probably spoke about this yet. So news flash, exclusive. Yeah. We need a little soundbite there. Um, I'm apparently World premiere. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm apparently going to be a playable character in the game. So that much I have been told. Um, my guess is because this is now coming on to modern systems with it being able to be uh, updated. I suppose I'd actually, how would that have work on the Dreamcast? There is a obviously an Ethernet thing on there, but I, I don't know. That's a bit of a weird one. But even with the original Mega Drive cartridge, you can actually plug something into it to actually send data to the mega drive cartridge which is insane is insane so you can technically update your mega drive cartridge um but yeah apparently i'm going to be in the game and it from what i understand it will be all of the games um I'm, I'm guessing probably not the game gear version but all of the games that run this version of the game if you put a, a secret code in of some sort slopes game room will be in paprium the kick scammer edition of the game now, um, so that's essentially everyone's going to have that ability, whether you have the game, if, if you have a copy of the game. Um, but I have been given a, a, a small amount of exclusive game covers that I will be sending out to a few people that help me make the a video. So like Steaker's going to get one and, 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 and Grizzly's going to get one and a few other people. But um, there's going to be people out there that will actually, I've got a few left that I'm obviously going to be giving away as a, a competition. So obviously... There's no money involved in any of this. This, for me, is just a very, very interesting thing that's happening with Kickstarter. Um, and uh, I see myself covering the whole Paprium scandal, as I called it before, uh, again in the future. And this is just another interesting chapter in the entire Kick Scammer Paprium scandal. Um, and that's it, um, basically. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's such a strange one. Um, so yeah, if you wanna if you wanna win a copy, like I say, like for me monetarily it means nothing. But in my personal opinion, on someone that covers a lot of Kickstarters, this game at least, whether I'm gonna be in it or not, still to be seen. I believe I will be, but um, it's gonna happen. Is it gonna get delayed? Very very likely. Um, so who knows how long this is gonna take? But I do believe it will happen eventually. Uh, so. If you are someone that's going to be backing this, I said this in my original video when I talked about this, only back this if you're 
if you've got the money to do so. You know what I mean? Don't don't be taking what I'm saying as uh, um, uh, me suggesting you go out there and get it. <laughs> I, I'm not putting my name to this in the sense of uh, uh, I, I think this is something you should do. Only do it if you want to just go along for the journey and see how this ends up, um, which is something that I find incredibly interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, there you go. That's basically what's going down. Sorry, I talked about talked then for ages, uh, Grizzly. That's <laughs> all right. We haven't really spoke too much about it, actually, me and you, except for me saying that you're going to get a copy. I don't really... Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's very kind of you. Thank you very much. Um, but no, in terms of... Um, it, I, I, I don't know how to take this because... Um, it's so bizarre. There, there, there is, you know, an essence of is, uh, is like the crew telling the truth when it comes to the PayPal money or is, are they not? I mean, they made the game. It's it's out. It's a physical I've thing. I've got it on myself right up there. King yeah, Monkey exactly. is the to, he's, he's someone that's going to get a copy, obviously, because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have made the video. So Yeah, I mean, the amount of time it took is fair enough. You know, I can see why people feel burnt by it, but at the same time, it exists. It's a it's physical thing. It's a small thing, studio, and, and they yeah. did do what they promised, for better or worse, because they also promised that it would only work on, phys- uh, on main hardware, and yes, that is one of the things, and that was one of my gripes with it, but, you know. It's it's strange. Um, from my understanding, this isn't, and this isn't them telling me. This is only from what I've seen on the Kickstarter. This is not going to be a simple port of a Mega Drive game onto a Switch, which I wouldn't have any issue with. If they just did that um, the same way. Um, yeah, I don't well, think Xeno Crisis uh, is actually better on the Switch than it is on the Mega Drive. But regardless, um, it's uh, from what I understand the, the, the stuff they're doing to try and make it look like an old TV. That they're, they're adding more than a simple filter. They're really pushing this, um, but. Again, how and why and what, I, I don't 100% know. I don't know the answer. Everything about this is so intriguing. Um, and now I'm really happy to be a part of, the, uh, to be going along uh, for the ride. They're taking so what you're, you for a ride. <laughs> so what you're trying to say is you've invested heavily in Paprium. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, this this is just um, some sort of dividend, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, isn't that's it? it. That's it. If, yeah. You got me. You got me. I, I shaved my beard this morning. I am Fonzie. I look forward to the two-hour video analyzing the last five minutes of conversation. So you know, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a really, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very confusing thing to happen, but it's so odd, and it's an it's an ongoing story in the uh, kick scammer world. Yeah, how could I, I mean, not be part of it? At very least, if we take it on face value, it shows that the guys are really good sports because mm-hmm. being being featured in kick scammers. If you're running a crowdfunding campaign, it's not the easiest thing to endure, I'm sure. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's got the clout like, say, you know, some bigger channels has. But in regards to, you know, the the research and everything that goes behind it, you know, there's, there's, it's got a sting if uh, if you were trying to get away with something or what have you. So, um, but no, the fact that they've approached and shown, say, yeah, we, we're taking this in good humor um we we want to prove you real prove you wrong in some regard then yeah it shows that they've got good humor and good you know sportsmanship absolutely so. it, it's it's a crazy one it's a crazy one and look there we go we've got more people retweeting so i'm guessing there's people in this chat that are doing it right now yes so that's how you enter guys you go over to slope car uh slopes um twitter yeah, yeah. Just go search for Slopes Game Room. Even if you Google Slopes Game Room, it's one of the top links. My Twitter account. Go on there, hit retweet. Like I say, there's absolutely no monetary value in me for for me for doing so. I'm just going along for the ride. 
And um, yeah, go retweet it if you want to uh, be in for a chance to win an extremely, an extremely rare game. Uh, and to this point, it's going to be even more, even rarer. We're talking, this is a blue. This is blue steak at this point. Um, how do you want your paprium? Blue. Uh, and that's what's about to happen. So basically, uh, I think you'll find if you go to eBay, go try and find yourself a Mega Drive copy or Genesis, whatever, uh, uh, of Paprium. You're looking upwards of about £600. It's like it's stupid money it goes for. That game. Yeah. Um, you, and, uh, you, want, you yeah. want it so rare, you want to cut off a piece and ride the rest home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nothing but blood on your plate. Goodbye, yeah. chips. <laughs> I tell you what, the, the French don't half like their um, meat. Uh, in case you don't know, the, the Watermelon and the people that made this are a French studio. They don't have like their meat rare. Um, when I went and had a burger at a really nice uh, uh, French restaurant, they're like, how do you want it? I was like, oh, medium, please. It came out virtually blue. And I was like, wow, what wow, would blue veins- look like? Like, still mooing on my plate. Like, <laughs> those veins like- are still pumping blood. Gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, there you go. There's a little. Uh, random spin-off tangent there but yeah the, the french like their meat rarer than the rest of the world and uh they obviously like their games rarer as well hey see what i did it all links it all links it all links together um paprium kick scammer edition is a thing that's happening i'd like to think i believe that it will and um, worst case scenario is kind of the best as well because if this doesn't happen uh, and it ends up all being some massive joke Oh boy, golly gosh, have I got some interesting stories to tell then. So, like, it's, yeah, there's, there, this is interesting. This is very interesting. So, yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to join in for the ride, like I say, get on over to Twitter and give it a retweet. It's, um, it's exciting. It's exciting times within the world of Kickscan. Yes, let us take you for a ride. That Sherman says if he wins a copy, he'll most likely donate it to the Retro Game Museum near him. It's so weird. This is crazy. Right, on to the next topic. Um, and uh, another company that I like to uh, work with, and um, uh, I've worked with quite a lot in the past. In fact, as uh, people that were listening to the podcast before we went live, got my Evercade Versus right behind me. And uh, one of the next collections I'll be getting for that system is the Gremlin Collection 1. Woo. Big fan of the uh, Gremlin games, are you there, Grizzly? So um, I do like some of the Gremlin titles, but I will say the only one that I'm really subscribed to in this collection is Zool. That's not to say that games like Hardcore 4x4 or Actua Soccer aren't good. It's more of a case of that um, I'm not really a sports game guy. And you no. know, when, when the game <laughs> is a year out of date, I kind of lose interest. But I do love the fact that you know, you see all of these old school licenses. I mean, we're looking at some footage of Actua Soccer and you see the old 12 logo, crunchy, timeout, yeah. loaded and all of that. <laughs> so, so cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's a proper snapshot. So I, I'll, I'll end up buying it because it's a, another legit way to play Zool. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a bit of an underrated platformer. That Brain Bender game looks fun. It's uh, fun to try. It's just like those uh, the light mirrors puzzle game um and also because evercade have done this marvelous thing when it comes to building their cartridges so they've numbered every single one and to have a gap in that collection is sinful business so yeah they know what they're doing i'm so surprised the amico team did not put numbers on those sleeves yes they missed a they missed a chance there that is such a typical nowadays thing to do like limited run do it like Every company that do these limited type games, you know, I actually think most of them do. Super Rare Games do it. Uh, most of them do. <coughs> Excuse me. 
And uh, yeah, you can't have a collection of games without with one missing. And now they've got the the the, the brownie sort of cases, which are like the original series, and then you've got the uh, the now the purpley arcade ones that, that started the numbers again. You got to buy them all. Got to ca- got to yeah. catch them all. It'd be interesting to see where they take it from there. I mean, are we ever going to? I I'm wondering when those numbers will end. Will we get triple digits? Mm-hmm. They've kind of set it up so that they could. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it's interesting. That, that, that's something to think about. Like, what would that? Not that I buy games to you know for for money value, you know, to sell them on later down the line. But what do you think they would be worth having the entire collection of like one to fifty? If they go, I, I imagine they'll go higher than fifty actually. But well, some of the games are actually being discontinued soon. So the Namco mm. collection. Um, let me just have a quick look at that because. That is a factor. Um, they've they've already stated that some cartridges will not no longer be available yeah. uh, after a certain amount of time, um, and therefore you should probably get them now. Otherwise, you'll never be able to get them. Does that make them collectible? It could well do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Evercade has built up enough of a reputation where there is a collector's market, and I've seen the black version of the Evercade. That was the very original one. Yeah, the the, the founders edition ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sells well in an excess of £120. So that's uh, it's it's a good sign. It means that there's some desire behind it. Yeah, I mean, um, thinking about it, I've got the entire Evergade collection, but technically I'm missing those black consoles uh, and, and a carry case, and then I've got everything. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, like it's, uh, it's quite interesting. It's quite interesting. But regarding this collection itself, uh, I mean, I've never actually been the biggest fan of Zool. Um, but what I am excited about is the fact that this is Gremlin Collection Volume 1. I'm, I'm very interested in what they could add in there next. I'd love to see some classic um, Amstrad games in there. Um, they did so many games for that. Um, I am a fan of 4x4. I played the demo a hell of a lot on the PlayStation. I think it was one of the ones that came with the PlayStation, actually. Um, yeah. In fact, if you go off course enough in that demo, you can actually find the, the rest of the cars just sitting there really far away in the distance. I'll have to do that one day again. I remember yeah. when I found that. But, um, so the sorry the the cartridges yeah. that are uh, being discontinued Namco Collection One and Two mm-hmm. we already know that there was some licensing gubbins to go along with that because you can't play it in the console itself you have to play it in the handheld it had mm-hmm. to be had to do something with the type of license that uh, Blaze could get the Technos Collection that's the one with Double Dragon and the like on there and mm-hmm. then you've got the Oliver Twins Collection which I feel hasn't been out for a year you know it's it's still quite a new cartridge so it's very interesting to see that that one has been almost discontinued so quickly uh but yeah that is that is strange so technos and oliver twins are no longer available uh from march 2022 of course if there's any physical printed copies then you could still buy one um but of course that would be limited and then namco collection one and two they end in june interesting interesting Mm. Mmm, there's some scalpers in there thinking, oh, I know what I know Opportunity. What <laughs> um, because also, you know, as cool as it, I say it's cool, but as obvious as it is as to why, you know, they add those numbers on the spines, you know, to get you to buy more. At the same time, it's one of those things that, you know, you shoot yourself in the foot a little bit because if you're, if there's no, if you're a, a late adopter, someone that gets into the Evercade now, you're never going to get hold of number, I don't know, what is it, number three or whatever. Yeah. Like, unless you... I suppose it wouldn't be silly money if you went on eBay, not right now, but mm, you'd have to you have to go through uh, other ways, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, and we're really starting to see Evercade, I feel, hit its stride. I mean, if they can keep it up, getting at least 12 cartridges out each year, they mm-hmm. could keep this going on for a good while. I mean, the hard the games that they're emulating are, are not getting newer, apart from these well, PS1 Yeah, I was about to say, these Gremlin ones, you've actually got some 3D games here, like uh, Actua Soccer yeah. and uh, the 4x4 game. You've actually got some 3D games on here. It, it, it opens it up to a whole new world of games. Like, you know, we can get the Pandemonium games on here. Like, I'm thinking like early PlayStation games there, or like maybe Croc Collection. You know, <laughs> I, I'd jump yeah. in on that. Well, my, my thoughts on that really is more to do with the fact that the, you know, that it's still emulating the same sort of generations like PS1 and backwards. Yeah. yeah. So there's no real need to upgrade the hardware or make older hardware obsolete. They can just keep going this, keep churning it out because the hardware is always going to be good. I mean, if they came out of the Evercade Pro with a really nice screen and what have you, I might be tempted. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to see that. Um, Evercade bar top or uh, you know standing cabinet in the size of the arcade one up that would be that would be killer I think that would be amazing um, but I could also make that with you know bits and pieces lying around if I really really wanted to decide the effort um, but no I, I'd, I'd love to see them expand it in that way rather than necessarily make new hardware to make the old hardware obsolete i I love the fact that everything's compatible and they could just keep doing this forever because there's so much to find and discover Mm -hmm. absolutely so hey there's a new collection uh we always like to cover it because um you know we are a retro gaming podcast and there's a lot of fans out there for the evercade as there should be it's a it's a quality couple of little systems they're really really good um um, the Evercade Versus, in fact, uh, it's, it's behind me right now because I did a live stream on it last week. But it, it genuinely gets a lot of playtime in our uh, in our living room. Um, uh, my son likes playing it, uh, and he does have a Switch, so he, but he still does, likes to go back and play. Uh, it, it was quite cool. He had uh, he had some friends over recently, and he was generally showing them what Burger Time was and stuff like that. It's it's really for a dad that's into like you know taking it back to the old days. I think it's probably one of the better ways of of, of sharing those uh, uh, classic games with your kids. I think it's I think it's really really cool. Um, I'm a big fan, big big fan. So, yeah, quality stuff. New new collections, and we're moving into the 3D realm. <sighs> there is no end in sight. Let's uh, let's keep let's keep pumping them out. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Now, um, uh, as we move on to right, this is the big topic, the big big topic. Yes, I've got to move so, some stuff around here. Uh, woo! <laughs> so to let's try and keep this a bit more succinct i don't think we should talk about the actual awards but apart from maybe the uh you know just general consensus the general feeling about them because i feel like the problem with the the game awards is that every time it's shown have you noticed that everyone who like gets the um gets the wins tends to be mates of jeff Keeley? yeah <laughs> um, i can't quite shake it um because the the so it takes two it takes two won one of the I think it was the the game of game of the year award. Um, it makes me want to play got, it because I mean I, I always it was already on my playlist, but mm, I don't yeah. know. I feel like so I, I I don't know if I'm going to be unpopular for saying this, but it's going up against stiff competition. You have got the likes of Returnal, Psychonauts two. Um, I know that people absolutely loved the likes of um i was ghost of tsushima last year or what have you but there, uh, it was Resident a Evil Village game, was, uh, yeah one of the others yeah um but it takes two one and it just so happens that in the run-up to the game awards 
they were taken to court by uh, what well, they're being sued by Take Two Interactive. It almost feels like a welfare award, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like Eurovision, right? Nobody ever votes for the songs they like; they vote for the countries they like and the policies that they've enacted over the past few years. Yeah, it's just yeah, the way yeah. it goes. I don't know. It it kind of discredits them in a way, unless they can prove otherwise. And mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think they have any intention to do that. So, yeah, one of yeah. those things. But besides the very odd awards uh, and who won, um, fair play to it takes two. But yeah, the, the, besides the actual awards themselves, the amount of announcements yeah. has, I was about to say it's getting close to rivaling, but no, I'd, I'd say it's potentially beating E3 at this point. The amount they showed off was staggering. The oh, show yeah. itself, I, I, so for me in the UK, it would meant I would have had to stay up till like two or three before I could start watching it in the morning. I was like, oh, I'll, 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 I'll just wake up in the morning and see what they've got. Next year, I'm staying up for it. Because even though the actual show itself is a little bit of a pain to get through, like, oh, this is so, so clean and crisp and it just doesn't feel right and you've got all the weird awards themselves and everything else, the actual announcements that they show throughout it are mind-blowingly good. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's primarily what we're going to be focusing on here today. Now, we've got a list of all of them, um, and I'm actually going to be playing um, uh, videos for people that are watching live um, or watching back uh, on, on YouTube and Twitch. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot to get through here. Uh, uh, oh my God, there's so much to get through. So yeah. firstly, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre multiplayer revealed. Uh, this is from the team that done the Friday the 13th game, the multiplayer horror game. Uh, I believe they did Halloween as well. I don't know. It was Friday the 13th, sorry. Um, and uh, it, it, there was a lot of controversy. controversy Are they also that. doing the Evil Dead game as well? I believe so. I'm more excited for Evil Dead, um, but I, 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 I can't deny this gave me goosebumps. Like, big, big fan of the horror franchises. This looks even like... Even though I might not buy this game when it comes out, I probably won't. Like, cinematically, it looks stunning. So nice. These asymmetric multiplayer games, they can either be good or really, really bad. I mean, they had that Predator Hunting Grounds um, recently. You've got... Um, I know Friday the 13th was well-received, as was Dead by Daylight, which mm-hmm. basically is the engine for all uh, horror icons that didn't get their own game but is this really the way it's going to be like every major horror movie franchise is now going to be an asymmetric survival game um with a different flavor because i feel like you could have done this as dlc for friday the 13th but the yeah but the the movie licenses would never allow it so they've made it their own game mm. and also i don't get me wrong like it looks beautiful, and I'm glad it's coming. And I know that Friday the Thirteenth game was well received. But personally, considering uh, even I know I know there are other bad guys in 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 the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, but it's really mainly Leatherface. There's yeah. not a lot of other people. Like with Evil Dead, you've got a lot of characters that you can play with and stuff like that. Um, but I, uh, if this was like some kind of first person, almost Alien Isolation style game, that would be. And there's there's the other side of it, yeah. I mean that that's absolutely right. I mean, Resident Evil Seven was basically Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the game, yeah. <laughs> because it was set in that kind of house and it didn't have the license to worry about. The problem that you have here is that Leatherface and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in general, there's only one film, only one like film that people actually care about. That is, yeah, and that's yeah, the original. Yeah. There's one location, Texas. There's one villain. Uh, 
you know, Leatherface. I suppose you could count the rest of the family as well, but Leatherface yeah, is but the that, one that's the face of the franchise. Who wants to be one of the other members? You know, it's always going to be, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll be then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's one location, there's one character, that, and, of course, the survivors. Is Is that all you're going to get is it going to be like a 10 pound game and they're just going to expand it with like yeah I, I don't know PSP. how this is going to be a full game i don't i don't understand it i could see how they could expand on the story and make like i say an alien isolation first person creeping around trying to get away but again they're kind of going up against resident evil uh uh seven seven yeah yeah like which is probably going to be the better game <laughs> if i'm going to be it's going to be the better texas chainsaw massacre Anyway, um, it's a, it's a game that was announced. We really we're, all we're doing is uh, speculating. We know what type of game it's going to be, but all we're doing is speculating gameplay wise at the moment because uh, yeah, it's just a cinematic trailer, a sexy cinematic trailer. And for fans of the movies, of which I know there are many, at least go check that out because it's cool. It's very very cool. And um, if you are a big fan of those really grimy, dirty, almost B movie style horror movies. Um, They've they've captured the uh, the aesthetic very very nice. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have have a nice death. Now for someone like oh, actually we've we've skipped a few there, but we'll go back. We'll go back. Have a nice death. Um, so yeah, this much. looks very Hollow Knights. Yeah, uh, a bit of a roguelite. Um, I'm I'm guessing a bit Metroidvania esque. Uh, you play as a very 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 nicely stylized looking um, animated deaf character, almost from like the Invader Zim universe look alike uh, looking uh, look alike about him. Oh, and yeah. um, it looks really nice. It's just a 2D platformer, go around slashing people up with your with your weapon, and uh, there's there's really not a lot else about it. The um, it, 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 it looks stunning. Um, I'm happy not to see anything else about this game. I just want to get it. I'll check out the reviews when it comes out, but by that point, I'll probably have the game already myself. It looks awesome. Yeah, this definitely like gives me Hollow Knight vibes. I love the animation. Mm -hmm. I love the look of the main character, and that's probably enough to get me to play it, uh, to be honest. It's just, yeah. It just looks really cool. Um, I love the stuff like this. Yeah, absolutely. We skipped a few there, but I, we, as we got so many to get through, should we just continue on? Yeah, let's crack on. Yeah, let's carry on. Um, next up, we've got Planet of Lana. Or Lena. Um, not really shown much about this game itself, but it's a, an evocative new game with music by Lost Guardians Takeshi Farakawa. Uh, is officially coming in 2022, and it's new trailer complete with robots of both the friendly and killer persuasion of, uh, officially has us excited. I'm getting very um, inside vibes about this um oh yeah this is with the long leggy the leggy robots yeah mm, i'm getting like uh, yeah it's sort of like Limbo. inside meets salvador dali in a in a way yeah not really got of, much to go on but it looks nice um very as cinematic long as, not, as long as it's not about feelings <laughs> yeah yeah i don't want it I to end on right. something where basically we need about 500 people going i think what they were trying to get at is the uh the way the world's going right now and, and no, no 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 just tell me a decent story just tell me a decent story mixed in with some really good platforming elements and puzzle gameplays. I don't want to, like you say, talk about feelings. That yeah, it's. At, I mean, as it stands, there is no gameplay in this trailer. The the kid is running right, and there's a bunch of other things running right. So, um, I, I'm curious to see more. Um, if it's anything like Heart of Darkness or Inside, it could be oh. really good. Um, but Heart yeah, we'll of Darkness. See. That's the 
It's aged, but I love hard. It's aged yeah. almost quite badly, but I still love it. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for that. Um, I'm, I'm skipping past, although I'm going to quickly mention it. Um, uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax Port, uh, which is coming. I know there's some Persona fans out there. I really should have had it in there, but I'm not a fan of Persona. Sorry. <laughs> Um, coming from someone that's never played it. Anyway, uh, moving on, we have, um, am I saying it right? Senua Saga, Hellblade Senua Saga, yeah, this looks... Okay, so remember when we were talking about Microsoft not having any exclusive titles? Mm-hmm. Um, this is the kind of thing I want to see from them, more of this, because this feels like... Is this a what... exclusive from Xbox? It is, yeah. So this is wow. one of Microsoft Studios. It's Ninja Theory. They previously released um, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, um, and it was really... Uh, sorry, is that, yeah, it's Hellblade? Yeah, Hellblade. Um, it was fantastic, really cinematic, some of the best motion capture work in a, in a game, and the game itself was really solid. Yeah, it um, was one that was right on the top of my list, and then I just forgot about it. Like, now I need to go back and play that. You're going to hear me say that a lot throughout this, because there's a lot of games on here, like, oh, I want to play the original now. Um, and this is right, move right up my, up my got to play this list now because it looks fantastic then. And this, this, uh, it's not cinematic. This game mix, cinematic mix with gameplay sequel and the way it all blends together, everything about this, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I think yeah. this is awesome. And I love the fact that they've, they're, they're keeping with the, uh, first game's mechanics of the, the voices in Senua's head, like potentially being able to mislead you. Um, that you can hear all of the conflicting thoughts that go through um, Senua's like, head. It's just brilliant. Yeah. Um, I've just moved forward a little bit on the trailer, but uh, for people listening, you essentially got this. I, I, I don't know much about the game, so I, these aren't spoilers because I don't really know the story behind it, but you've got some evil-looking, uh, huge, giant Attack on Titan-looking monster crawling around, um, and these uh, the characters that you play fighting him and him running after you, it, uh, crawling after you. And it looks really scary, really cinematic. Uh, plays like I imagine, like one of the newer Tomb Raider games plays and feels like I'm all for this. I think this looks utterly fantastic. Um, yeah, I don't get too excited about modern games this much, but this one I'm well up for. Yeah. Uh, more of this, please. And there, there are quite a few more things. Now, another series that I'm not as big of a fan as I wish I was, because it, it, it's Star Wars. Whenever there's a Star Wars trailer that comes out, people lose their mind. And I just want to be part of that. And even though I, I yeah. like Star Wars movies, um, I'm just not like that level of like, go, go crazy, I'm about to lose my shit, something, you know, when, when a new Star Wars uh, uh, movie comes out. This new Star Wars game, which again is cinematic, Star Wars Eclipse, wow, it looks so good. Yes, it always looks good. And especially uh, when Quantic Dream are involved. They make some of the best-looking, most realistic, stunningly realistic games. However, it's Quantic right. Dream. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're, we're talking about the movie, the game, essentially, where it's more like a giant game, as Simon says, as opposed to actual full control. And that it's a bit gutting because you look at this and you think, wow, this is the kind of thing that I would have expected. You know, this is how what I imagine the future of gaming to look like and it's it's here it's playable but in reality it's just mm -hmm. you know it's it's not really playable it's most likely just going to be an adventure things so quantic dream haven't moved away from that that mold of gameplay so i'm not saying it's going to be bad all i'm saying is is that quantic dream have a bit of a reputation these days and yeah um i'm a bit i'm a bit surprised that they actually got this contract as a result um 
but yeah, I'm not going to go into too much detail on that one, but most people who follow Quantic Dreams uh, have a good idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Bruno Fart says, I'm interested in this game, but I hate Quantic Dreams. Um, uh, Republic of Games says, uh, Quantic Dreams are like the Luke Besson of games. Very pretentious, very shallow. Um Again, there's a lot. Most of the trailers we're looking at here today, guys, unfortunately, because a lot of them are reveals, are essentially just cinematic uh, trailers. AKA, there's not a lot of gameplay. There, there are some like that one we just we just watched there. But um, graphically wise, this cinematic, um, I would I would pay movie tickets to go and watch this. I would go and watch this film. But um, yeah. let's see if the game itself lives up to the utterly stunning. Uh, uh, graphics. Uh, it has a lot to live up to now with that with that yeah. trailer. It, it looks stunning, as you say. Star Wars Eclipse. So yeah, there we go. There we go. Nice little logo as well. Uh, moving on. Oh, obviously there it was. That's me searching for it. Oh, let's reopen that tab. I just closed. <laughs> Wonder <laughs> Woman. Um, not a lot to go on here. Warner Brother Games have shown a little cinematic teaser of Wonder Woman. She looks Could very nice. It could could really could be really really good um Mm -hmm. i mean the one thing that keeps dc afloat as far as i'm concerned is the decent games um monolith soft have a have huge pedigree as well they made a lot of licensed titles in the past and they've been really really good so i am genuinely looking forward to this Uh, even though i'm not the biggest fan of the character Mm mm-hmm I, I still need to watch the films. I really do. And I, I know that the first one, at least, is supposed to be very, very good. Um, a Wonder Woman game is coming from the team behind Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, adding an emphasis, uh, impressive sorry, hero to list of comic book-inspired video games. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so little to go on, but um, uh, it's definitely one to keep an eye out for. And uh, yeah, nice little teaser. Now, woo! People have been asking for this one for a long time. And like previously mentioned, I now need to go back and play Alan Wake big time because Alan Wake 2 has been revealed. And I see a few people in the chat were talking about this earlier on. Like This is probably one of the biggest, big, big, big announcements uh, of the show itself, besides Sonic, probably. Um, oh, fan of Alan Wake? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And uh, it's, it's, it's got to do one thing to be um, a successful sequel to me. Yep. They gotta bring back Poets of the Fall. Yeah, yeah, because that is—I've never heard of Poets of the Fall until Alan Wake, and I'll tell you what—I um, was—I've I've become a huge fan. Um, I was also a big fan of uh, like Poe and what have you because of this game. So, mm-hmm. you know, the soundtrack is a big factor to me, but also the the Stephen King style dark um, dark horror as well. I just yeah, yeah, I really want more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Uh, I know there's people out there that really like that original, and um, when this was announced, it was it was a big deal. The second one, so uh, I I can't add too much because I'm still to play it. And uh, like I say, just like the other one, it's moved right up my. I need to play the Alan Wake games. You do, uh, although didn't they just? I, I think the remaster's already out, isn't it, of Alan Wake? That's right. Yeah. So they remastered the first one. Now's that. Now's as good a time as any to to get on it. Cool. Cool. Needs to happen. Right. Um, there's not really much to say about this one, and I uh, like what was that? That Loop Hero, not Loop Hero. There was Death Loop game. I wish they'd stopped showing us yes. stuff to do with Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, but yeah, the more gameplay footage for Horizon Forbidden West is here. It looks beautiful, but 
I said the same thing the last three or four teasers they've shown of this or trailers they've shown of this. It genuinely looks fantastic. I'm very excited to play it. Um, the first game was very good. And uh, yeah, this is great. I mean, I understand. I mean, Sony need to show this off. This is going to be one of their big, 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 big releases. Um, but this is probably the fifth or sixth time we've seen a trailer or anything to do with this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, it's coming. But we already knew that. Um, you, you, you're excited for this one, aren't you, Grizzly? Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, I didn't. It's this is on my list of games to finish. I absolutely loved the first one, but you know, it's one of those open world things, and you get open world fatigue after a certain amount of time. It just yeah, PlayStation um, do like their open world games. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, PlayStation games pretty much boil down to um, a giant ex a giant explorate explorative environment um, set in the snow with a bow and arrow. Um, what you know you get extra points if you have a companion to escort throughout the entire thing um so yeah you kind of get fatigued by that but when it came to um to horizon the the scope the the imaginative like enemies the the creature design is just like genuinely amazing Mm -hmm. um i can't wait to actually play this one and i will be picking up on day one uh just so i can get get on the uh because I was a bit, I'm I'm late to the, I was late to the party with the first, but yeah, I, I, I really want to be on on the ball with this one because it looks it looks stunning. It does. It looks so incredible. And and, and you're not wrong. I'm playing through Ghost of um, Tsushima at the moment, which is literally going around with a bow and arrow <laughs> and not a lot yeah. else and, and a sword. You got a sword in that one. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's, it's in the station yeah. game. Yeah, by uh, sucker punch that one. Um, right. I'm not the biggest Final Fantasy VII fan myself, but I know I, I I love getting hyped up about it. Even though I'm not like in love yeah. with the game itself, it's hard not to get hyped up about it because you know there are so many Final Fantasy fans out there. It is um, an incredible RPG. There's no doubt about that. And hey, coming to PC, yes, with all of the extra add-ons and all that. Uh, it's coming to PC in two days. There we go. There we go. Yeah, exciting. Um, it'll be really really cool to see. Um, that being played on some nice 3080 graphics cards. Um, but beautiful, because it is already a stunning game anyway. So seeing this run on like a high-end PC would be quite quite mind-blowing. I've got to say, I'm really sad that I never really got into Final Fantasy VII because I, the, the game looks absolutely mind-blowingly stunning. Yeah. Um, the action looks really cool, but it's just, I, I don't know. There's just something stopping me. And I, I think I've, I feel like I've lost my chance to to really enjoy it for what it is because I look look at some of the systems, I look at some of the like narrative elements, and I just think, come on, this is really silly. It's been done better elsewhere, but of course, it's been do- done better since, not before. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I played through the first disc and a half of the fir- of Final Fantasy VII when it was originally out on the PlayStation. So I've definitely got some nostalgia, but. Like most games, I didn't complete it, and um, uh, as, as, sorry, most RPGs I didn't complete. It. I've, I've completed very few RPGs in my time that kept me going for that long. But um, still, I've played this enough for me. When I hear that Final Fantasy VII music and 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 see the see what this looks like, this this remake, that yeah, I I, I get excited. Like it's cool. Uh, I'm just not gonna buy it. Um, so yeah, there we go. Um, yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. I'm sure plenty of um, plenty of fans of this game out there. From what I've heard, from what I've heard. Uh, <laughs> now, this is a cool one from the uh, guy that bought us um, uh, the original. What was it? Silent Hill games. I'm not going to say his name right. Keishiro Toyama 
is coming with a new game. Now, this is where I jump in. I am very excited about this. Slitterhead to the actual game itself a little bit. Uh, was you a Silent Hill fan? Uh, yeah. Always loved a bit of Silent Hill. Um, and this just looks really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, anything that like harkens back to the Silent Hill thing with that kind of imagery, that kind of creature design just gets just gets me uh, raring to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's another one I wish I played originally, early on. But I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, they're just trying to make another Resident Evil. And that's what I thought at the time. But it's definitely so more than that. I understand that now, but just that mindset at the time. Um, Oh, so, yeah, this looks incredible. Uh, A very typical Japanese horror-looking game. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think this this will have a really cool story behind it. Brilliant creature design, as you say. Um, Yeah, excited for this one. Hmm. Nice. And um, Dutch Chairman's asking, will this one be a console exclusive? I'm not sure. Not to my knowledge. Not sure on this one, no. It just so. it looks to me like it's got a bit of a... I don't know if you're familiar with the works of Jun- Junji Ito. Or Ito oh. Junji. No, he, uh, does a lot of, uh, he does a lot of horror comics. And okay. uh, he, he did the famous like, um, um, Mystery of Amigara Fault, uh, which is the one about the holes in the side of a mountain you might have seen in memes. Oh, yeah. Um, where people are climbing in. But some of the imagery looks very similar to what we're seeing on screen right now, uh, which is like mostly grudge beasts, Ringu girls, and what have you. Um, it, yeah, anything that reminds me of Ito Junji um, is, is fine by me. The win-win, definitely. Uh, now, uh, we got here, yeah, Nightingale. There's another one that was uh, shown off from the people from the Bioware boss, Aaron Flynn. Um, survival crafting game set across a shared world. You'll need to join up with your friends to battle enemies with both magic and guns, as well as build and protect small civilizations in this bizarre world. Could be, could be really good. Um, I wish games would stop assuming that I have friends so that I can <laughs> actually enjoy games again. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's one of those ones that... Um, it's it's made made or broken based on who you play with and yeah, yeah yeah and for that reason i will not be playing it because i prefer to play alone like yourself uh, but it looks very impressive and the, like i said the bioware people were behind it or some of them at least um so yeah cool cool that was one that was announced like i said it was a lot that was announced made loads and loads um we got to see a little bit more of the lord of the rings golem the untold story um it's just really necessary like there's been some great lord of the rings games over the uh, over the years i loved middle earth shadow of mordor Mm -hmm. um is it andy circus actually voicing Gollum? i think it's fairly very good uh um impression if not Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i just i i don't see any reason for this to exist as good as it may look yeah i'm i'm getting this is what's crazy. I'm almost getting tower defense vibes off this. <laughs> like a, a really advanced 3D version of like a tower event. It's like a third third person tower defense type game. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's not that. <laughs> Just, again, we're, 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 taking, we're pulling from a cinematic trailer. Yeah, I'm, I, it's, if, I think they're going through like a stealth action game, like a bit of Metal Gear Solid meets, you know, Gollum. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, it, <laughs> Sound off in the chat. Were you asking for this? I'd like to find who was asking for this, please. Yeah. Looks pretty, though. Does look pretty. It does, yeah. Pre-render cutscenes generally do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, no. Next up, we got... Oh, now we're talking. I know so little about this game, as does everyone. This is a game called Somerville. Somerville are the people that brought us Limbo and Inside. Some of my favorite 2D cinematic platformers. And when I say cinematic platforms, that's different than a cinematic trailer. <laughs> I've said the word cinematic about 500 times in this podcast already. Um, I don't want to know anything else. I'm happy to watch these because I know the people that make this game are keeping it so obscure um, uh, and, and, and just weird and not really explaining anything. And that's fine with me. All I know is this is going to be a puzzle heavy uh, cinematic, almost another world like platformer. And I think the team uh, that made those particular games, uh, you know, Inside and Limbo, uh, are absolutely the best in the business at doing so. Like, go back and play one of if you go if you play one of these games and go back and play another world, you realise that these games have actually perfected the genre even better than those games did back then. Um, um, so ready for this, awesome, yeah. Um, I mean, anything by these guys is pretty good. In fact, wasn't the games made by two people? Um, they kind of split off um to do their own thing Somerville is one and i'm wondering right. if the other one we looked at earlier had something to do with the other oh right uh, okay. but yeah the i mean these games always look fantastic they've got a really twisted narrative design that there's a lot to like and i love the sci-fi aspect to this one mm-hmm. yeah they normally go for like creepy uh or tim burton-esque styley but yeah this one looks uh, post-apocalyptic uh, mixed with like you say sci-fi and stuff like that yeah well up for this more more like another world actually yeah um yeah very excited very excited i know so little about it but i just know the style of game it will be will be freaking awesome and from the looks of it they're actually going into different perspectives like running away from the camera almost a bit like um crash bandicoot games and stuff like that mixing all that sort of stuff in that's all fine with me um release this so i can play it yes please cuphead's back for the yes. final time. Taking a long and time to get this DLC. Not only that, but have we noticed there's a little PlayStation logo in the corner? Mm. Oh, you're watching the Switch version of it, yeah. But yes, it's out on PlayStation, and the DLC is called Delicious Last Course. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love everything to do with Cuphead in terms of the artistic style, and because it came out on Xbox One at the height of me you know, playing everything but... Um, I never really got a chance to give it a go, so now's my chance. Um, I played through most I, of I, Cuphead. I didn't complete it, um, but um, like potentially game of the year for me when it came out. Even though I didn't complete it, because um, you'd just basically spend all night trying to beat one level, <laughs> uh, and eventually you'd get good enough to be able to do that. But it's so so good. Um, one of the most stunning games like ever made potentially for what they were going for. So perfectly animated, everything about it. I mean, go 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 back and look at views. I mean, I, this this isn't new information, um, and the fact that it's taken so long to come out is actually a good thing. Um, they've taken their time. Um, it, it it's it's absolutely awesome. I love Cuphead, um, and I hope this is the last thing they do for it. So it just goes out on a high, and then they can start working on whatever the th- thing they're going to work on next. This is this is awesome. Yeah. I I now want a full platformer, not just boss fights. I want to see the full platformer game mm. in this style. In a, That's in what a we need. true dream world of mine, Disney would give the uh, rights to Epic Mickey to these people, and we would see a proper classic done in the 1930s, 40s style. 
uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit and, and original OG Mickey Mouse cartoons done like this as a platformer, like a Castle of Illusion. That would be my dream. And you imagine if they remake Castle of Illusion with this art style. Oh, God, it would like that would that would make it into my top ten games of all time. <laughs> oh, for sure. So the um, I think what the, the biggest problem that I have with Cuphead is that they did it so well. Um, they did it so authentically Bastards. with like proper animation. No, no, it's it is a problem because now everyone who uses the rubber hose animation style in any game is going to be immediately um like referencing yeah. oh well they're just copying Cuphead. And we've seen a few examples of that already with that Wizards game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That came out on Kickstarter. Um, but there's also been some genuinely good like alternatives which mm. aren't just cuphead you know like boss fights and what have you like actual platformers it's just such a shame that everything is going to be like benchmarked to this and that's only because the guys who made cuphead did such a good job so they really did they really yeah. did and 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 the it, it's it's interesting because before it came out everyone i i expected the reviews to be like oh my god it's just trying to be contra it's just trying to be contra but it did so well at being like Contra, but obviously a boss rush mode, um, uh, mixed with uh, 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 like you know their art style and their style. It was they they they've done it so perfectly that now, like you say, people reference them when they're you know being copied. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cuphead in the delicious last course. Hell yes, I'm buying it. How the hell is this not a physical game? Mental. I would buy it. It'd be a thing I would purchase. So sort it out. <sighs> now, we will talk about the movie trailer soon. But before we do, whew, well, yeah. you, you go ahead, Grizzly. You start us off. Let's, let's talk about Sonic Frontiers. Yes. So we, it certainly looks like, because they haven't fully confirmed it yet, but I think the trailer pretty much gives it away. Um, we're finally getting an open-world Sonic game. You reckon? Which uh, I don't know if that many people were asking for that. And there's always, you know, potential issues that can come out as a result of, you know, going open world. But uh, it's every potential that this could be amazing. Mm. It does look a little bit like they've put Sonic in the world of um, like Breath of the Wild. <laughs> um, so uh, what, 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 do, you, do you like this? Sorry, I'm getting some Internet issues, I think. OK, well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it then. I do like this. I am very much getting Sonic 06 vibes. And I say that in a good way, um, even though Sonic 06 is obviously renowned for being a terrible game. Um, the hype leading up to it is not terrible. The hype leading up to Sonic 06 is the reason why it was one of its biggest downfalls, actually, was the fact it could never live up to that hype. Um, I do have faith, even though I probably shouldn't, but I do have faith that they can make a game like Sonic 06 should have been. Um, and I've not really thought about this being an open world game, but um, potentially, uh, I think I'd be down for that as long as they get it right. But again, this is them moving into another style because obviously you had the the original 3D games which played quite differently uh, to you know the, the Hedgehog engine. I think they called it with with things like Sonic Generations Forces and Unleashed and stuff like that. Um, but this is, this would be them moving away because you don't have like proper corridors you run down there would be no 2d mode as such in these games but i'm okay with that i'd rather the 3d games just be 3d um yeah I, I, so, i'm excited for this but again we're really taking all we can from a, a cinematic trailer um 
but as yeah. as, as always it looks very nice so here's the problem with sonic going open world right is that your sonic open world game needs to be like 10 times bigger than most other ones because the speed at which sonic moves and we've seen this in like you know sonic generations each level is actually huge because you have to run you run so fast that if it was the size of a normal level from another game you would see it in about 30 seconds or less so that's the reason why sonic running in a linear path works so well because they can essentially stretch it out it's almost like a racetrack that's yeah, created yeah, yeah. yeah you're playing a racing game with an open world game if the map was the size of breath of the world uh, wild then you would get through that pretty damn quick because that's a big map it's a huge map but at the speed that sonic's supposed to be able to run it, he would clear it in like what 10 minutes from right. end to end whereas it's it would take link what a good few hours to walk mm-hmm. end to end so i don't and know also, how you got to look at the fact that you know most of those parts of the world do get uh, locked off so you're in even you're even even a, a smaller section yeah mm Ah, uh, yeah again we don't know enough but the one thing that really stands out to me is if they're going to make it open world you you can't you can't like put the the boost gameplay in there because that is built for a tunnel run with three lanes so you mm. run along and then you switch between the three lanes to dodge dodge obstacles and enemies if they made this open world it would have to be momentum based like the classic games i feel so that you would actually be able to like run around the world you know work off your own momentum as opposed to uh, as opposed to being able to press a button to just run really fast as i say otherwise you clear the world really really quickly yeah. it would just be like the the dreamcast um sonic adventure games in that sense but yeah interesting interesting uh it looks very nice it is a cinematic trailer um there is a lot of uh clips of him standing on the edge of a cliff looking out over a massive uh world and like grizzly says it's very likely that they're pushing towards a uh, open world setting with that but it's because i saw those it made me think of sonic 06 because they did the same thing for sonic 06 which obviously was yeah. not open world so we'll see where they go with it um uh, hey, a new 3D Sonic game. We're not going to get it anytime soon. We're not even going to be getting it in 2022. But 2022 is at least going to be the year that we see more of it. Um, and uh, I don't know, holiday 2022, it reckons. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> oh, and lastly, realistic environments have never worked in a Sonic game. I'm just going to throw that out there. Never, ever, not once. I'm going to well, annoy Sonic people. Adventure. That was realistic for what they could. Do, they pulled off. In an arcade sense, it was still very hyper real. It still had all of those sonic trappings, you know. It was about as realistic as the Metropolis Zone when you look at things like Speed Highway. That's pretty no, I, much I get the apex that. of where it gets. But yeah, like Sonic 06, Sonic Unleashed, it doesn't doesn't really work. <laughs> it doesn't I, I, I look great. I think it can work. I mean, like, I, I'm thinking of that like Italian like level uh, in Unleashed. I believe Spagonia, yeah, something like that. Um, I think they can pull it off if they do it right. Um, I just I, one thing about Sonic that's really cool is it's different zones. Um, yeah, and I th- this needs to be so huge to be able to put up different zones in uh, different areas. I don't want the whole thing to look like, like you say, Breath of the Wild, where everything's just like some urban-y sort of green landscape. Um, you know, that's that's your good first level sorted, but where's the rest? Mm, interesting interesting only time will tell uh i'm keeping an open mind as i always do with 3d sonic games 
and almost always get burnt um but uh uh hey perhaps this could be the next generations as long as they don't take it too seriously Mm -hmm. we'll see we'll see yeah right uh any warhammer fans in the house go on someone has to be are you not? Are you not? I like a bit of Warhammer. Um, Did you play the game, like the board gamey sort of paint, paint the figure? Nev- never the, never the board game. Always the video games because yeah, I yeah. loved the worlds. I loved the designs. Again, um, I, I didn't never got into the lore of it all, and mm-hmm. it just seemed very impenetrable uh, to someone who was, the, to be honest, I was never willing to learn. Um, yeah. But playing stuff like Vermintide, where it's like Left for Dead with Warhammer characters, and you know that kind of look and gothic architecture i can mm-hmm. get behind that yeah um, yeah it so, looks nice yeah uh shout out to stormkeeper gu griffin of might over in the chat who uh are classic uh uh warhammer fans michael towns collected a few sets as a kid but the ship was pricey <laughs> um yeah. yeah it is it really is it's very very pricey it's, a, it's, it's an expensive habit um uh i i don't want to spend 40 pounds on the rules you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that's it yeah um it's it's not just that it's yeah it's the price it's the rules it's just everything there's so many barriers to entry for the for the actual like strategy the core warhammer thing i'd much yeah. much rather just pay 30 quid and get a short burst of it that's, yeah that's for, for me i i like uh when i get i mean i'm not really into like tactical fighting board games anyway uh i mean for me like i I suppose you could look at things like memoir and stuff like that but um i'm much more when it comes to board game type things i know it's probably really winding up the hardcore warhammer fans by me calling this a board game but like the board gamey type things that i'm more into are more like tactical um uh uh, resource planning and stuff like that like your katans and your uh you know things like where you have to like collect resources to build up whatever you're building up kind of like, like like a um uh, not real time strategy, more like 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 a Sims Sim City type games uh, when it comes to board games. But regardless, hey, there's a lot of people out there that like those sort of things. And and like you say, gameplay wise in in the video game world, these these Warhammer games are very good. Uh, yeah. I never played the original uh, of Vermintide, but um, hey, the fact they're making a sequel, it's good. obviously people like it. It's good, it's good. Woo, we are getting from now. Um, uh, if you want Wind Waker for the PlayStation, you're getting it. Uh, we talked about Shia. T-C-H-I-A Shia uh, before when it was properly announced but uh, hey here's some more gameplay of it and if you like Wind Waker for, you want Wind Waker for the Switch you kind of have it it looks just like Wind Waker for the Switch Star Royale there was no getting around the fact that okay they're, they're Smash Brothers like they're, they're, they're trying to make uh, what was it um, yeah the, 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 the cell shooting of that like leaf looking thing exactly like they do in uh, is it Wind Waker it is isn't it yeah it's the same game. She's got a banjo instead of like an ocarina. It's the same game. <laughs> um, hey, go and get it. It's probably going to be good. And 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 fair play to him. There needs to be more competitors to to Zelda. So nice. Um, ah, now we're talking. Now we are talking. Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight are my favourite superhero video games ever made. And now the team are working on the Suicide Squad game. Um, and I could not be more excited for this. This is a day one purchase for me. Uh, the, I mean, this isn't new information. They've shown this off before, but we get to see a little bit more of the uh, more of the maneuverability of Hay- uh, Harley Quinn herself. Uh, brute force of what, what's the shark guy's name? I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, uh, King Shark, pretty obvious name. I should have remembered that. Um, hey, 
it looks good it looks good and um i'm, I'm well up for this i hope there's um there's a lot of good story in like open world collectible type stuff i know we get a million and one of those types of games uh, i don't want this to be just like a deathmatchy type game i want this to be a proper good superhero type game as well um so yeah yeah excited. it feels like no matter what um the guys who do guardians of the galaxy do there's a suicide squad type thing to follow up on it you mm-hmm. know to 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 directly compete so we've had the the films which are basically by the same guy james gunn um mm-hmm. and then now you've got the the games which follow a very similar template or mold um it could be really really good but i gotta say i'm not the biggest fan of dc properties in general did love the new suicide squad movie though i yeah, thought it was one of the funniest movie. films that they could have done and it's actually made me care about some of the characters so that's a win mm-hmm. But, and that's um, the thing. Like, yeah. I don't think a, 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 a video game's ever got me more interested in characters. Like with Arkham uh, Knight, I went around collecting all the extra little bits. Um, and by doing that, you st- you get to learn more about the villains that aren't just, you know, Joker and the obvious ones, the Penguin and whatever. You actually get to find out more about the, 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 the B-list and the C-list uh, Batman villains. And I, I was so into it. Like, I thought it was really, really cool. Um um yeah the fact this is made by the same people i'm, I'm all i think it'd be awesome well excited yeah well you get to see some of the heroes be villains which is cool yeah i do like the don't be the hero or don't be a hero uh tagline I think that's... ah now for spoken yes uh Square enix spoken. game interested <laughs> there's so uh, many there is so much st- stuff to talk about i've got to say don't really know an awful lot about this one it just oh this is that witch game no i'm i really don't i'm not buying this one yet don't get me wrong it looks fine but there's so much competition in this in the same field they're definitely using the uh same guidance of the galaxy and avengers um uh uh, engine to make some kind of witchy like you say game it looks nice open world again um i do like that they're doing things like what looks like complex witchcraft like magic spells so they're not just like press a button and you throw a fireball kind of thing is mm-hmm. it looks like she's actually casting abilities and using them to you know for benefit well there's combat in there i feel like this this could be really good but what they've shown has not has not sold me on it I tell you what, I've done it in the chat actually. Thank you very much, Republic of Game. Uh, has actually put out that Amy Henning is the one that's written it. Um, uh, famous, of course, from the uh, Soul Reaver days. So that's uh, wow. Now interesting. that's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. It's like I say, it's definitely one to, to look out for. Uh, but it's it's up against a lot. It's up against a hell of a lot. Um, it's just so much competition. It is what it is. Um, and uh, yeah, so, but regardless, I'm I'm excited to find out more. It's not a day one purchase. We'll see. In all honesty, I'm not the biggest fan of that engine that they're using. So we'll, we'll see how it actually does. Ah, another Warhammer game. Space Marine 2. Now, this is a game I did play, the original Space Marine. And I enjoyed it. It was very good. And that is a sequel. From Sabre Interactive. Not much to talk about, though, because would you believe it? It's a cinematic trailer. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's... It's, it's a third person... The, the first like Space Marine game was like a third person shooter in the vein of Gears of War. Mm-hmm. I expect more of the same, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. No. It's just uh, it's probably the most uh, playable version of Warhammer that I've you know tried. So I think Dawn of War was the one I played the most. The uh, top-down RTS games. Yeah, I mean those. Yeah, yeah th- those are a great depiction of like what actual Warhammer is. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is you know more my speed, where it's a bit of action. It's a bit. 
you know, the warlike. Story, yeah. Absolutely. And it looks like they're fighting the Tyranids, which is the the villain that I always know uh, for the Space Marines and Space Hulk and what have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks so, good. Looks nice. It looks nice. Um, and uh, even though it is a cinematic trailer, it looks really good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> who's up for more cinematic trailers? Uh, Saints Row. This is one I know you're going to be excited for. Yeah, I love the Saints Row series. So three and four being the favourites because I like it when it's ridiculous, not when it's like proper wannabe gangster stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, set in the desert. I'm not too sure about that. Um, I'm hoping they don't dial back the humour too much because that, as I say, is the best feature of three and four. So mm-hmm. yeah. I remember it was like one of the first people were competing, uh, comparing it to like uh, you know like Microsoft's. I don't know, like Grand Theft Auto back in the day, um, but like ridiculousness. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it w- it came out at the time that San Andreas was big, and it had the same kind of um, same kind of appeal. It, that's why it felt a bit more of a knockoff of the likes mm-hmm. of uh, GTA because of San Andreas and Saints Row One. And Saints Row Two gave the the necessary uh, moves to things like you know the insurance fraud mini games, mm. which were hilarious. Um, yeah. And then it just progressively got more cr- stir crazy. And I really hope that they haven't like I say, they, they, need, they need to double down, if anything, because that that stuff was funny. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Fans of Fall Guys uh, are getting Nightmare Before Christmas skins. They look very Ooh. cool. They look very they, sweet. They kind of look like Funkos now. Um there are yeah. people out there that will very much like that announcement. Um, it, it is a good thing. It is definitely good. But um, hey, <laughs> it won't be long until you see uh, full guys beans in blind bags being sold at Hot Topic. Yeah, won't be sure. long. Ah, June uh, Spice Wars was another cinematic trailer within the world of June. But hey, it's a thing that's happening, and uh, people are excited because it's June. Um, uh, fan of the June? Are you, are you fan of the June series? Nah. No? No, but hey, this is a thing that's happening, and I just told you about it. Next up, uh, Among Us is going into VR mode. There's a VR Among Us game, which I was quite surprised. Didn't this could be exist. really cool. Gone. G- genuinely, I love Among Us. Right, I-, I know it's a bit of a meme. A lot of people go, "Oh, it's really popular." And all the all the Twitch streamers are playing it. Blah blah blah. And you know, yeah. I'm just bored bored of talk- hearing about it, seeing it everywhere. But in reality. It's genuinely one of the most fun games to play with a group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically, for people who haven't played it, it's basically the thing, but you're playing with people that you know, and then you have to try and discover who's the imposter. I mean, you should know that already, because it's been everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, playing it in VR, just I think it would add to it. It's, it's a great idea. I, there you I, go. I want to play it. Among Us is coming in VR. Thank you, Robot Teddy. Uh, Doc V, I've only added this in here, even though it's not a game that I'm that bothered about. It looks unbelievable. If you're a kid that wants a new Pokemon style game, like this looks fantastic. And just like Wind Waker, it's good that Nintendo are getting some competition in those fields. And this looks like another level to what Pokemon does. Um, uh, I'm not that bothered about it, like I said. But if I was a kid, I'd be losing my shit over this because this looks brilliant, like so stunning. It looks really, really nice. Um, uh, it's it, it, crazy. Yeah, really, really nice. It's, it's something that's been announced before in the past, but hey, uh, now we get to see more of it runs, that is. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Hey, um, I mean, it's like I, a bit Alan Wonderworld right now with all of this like dancing kid stuff. 
yeah, I, I think kids could really go a bit crazy with this one. I, I, if they, if this will either just completely flop, or you're going to see it on every single backpack, uh, you know, when you drop the kids off at school or whatever, it could be pretty big. Um, the trailer they showed off is the one that I'm showing here, which is basically essentially a music video, but the game itself plays quite like a Pokemon open. And there we go. There we go. Still yeah. rising. Uh, I need to catch up here. Bloody hell, so many. Um, uh, Still rising is a is a game apparently. Um, it's a cinematic trailer, so there's really not much else to say about this it. It's really cool. I've seen the trailer for this. This looks really, really cool. It's uh, there's a lot of games right now that seem to be aping uh, Bloodborne in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. rising being one of them, and another one is Life of P or something okay. along those ones. The, the the lies of P. Sorry, which is a Pinocchio game. But in the style of Bloodborne, and it looks oh, mate, absolutely, it looks absolutely stunning. Genuinely, um, I am really curious to see how that goes uh, with Steel Rising and Lies of P. Yeah, I don't really, think really... Lies of P got a trailer for uh, Game Awards, but it should do because it looks a bit like this, but really far on. If you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely getting like Alice uh, Returns to Wonderland sort of vibes from it, but like with next gen graphics, it looks it looks quite cool and twisted. But uh, we're not really 100 percent sure of the actual graphics. It's set in a uh, revolution era Paris. Um, you got all like people that you know clockworky style to them. It's it's, it's weird, um, but hey, it looks really sexy. But again, it's just a cinematic trailer at the moment. Metal Hellsinger is a game I that has can't music. Wait for this. I knew you'd be well up for this. Uh, features music from like Trivium and stuff uh, and a few others yeah so it's it's pushing it when you say metal and Trivium but you know you know when they came out with the anthem which Mm -hmm. was basically them doing their best Metallica impression for an entire album anyway besides besides my my anti-bias on Trivium um when it comes to Metal Hellsinger I felt so little fun little story I was playing a game called BPM uh Bullets Per Minute um, I remember Metal Hellsinger being like announced a while back, and the game looks absolutely stunning. It's a rhythm action first person shooter um, where you. What an awesome combination time. of genres there! <laughs> yeah, so I, I when the BPM came up in the review pool, PlayStation Country, um, I thought, right, yes, it's that game, but no, it just happens to be another game that has the same concept. Mm-hmm. So there's two out there now. But this yeah. is the one I want to play because it looks great. The music sounds amazing. It's even got lyrics in the music, which is something that BPM didn't have. Yeah. I can't wait to play it. Yep, yep, yep. It's essentially a first-person uh, shooter game, um, but yeah, but done to the beat of heavy metal. So you have to do everything to the to the big smack of those drums. Um, uh, and, and, and it's got a very much an over-the-top quake mixed with doom aesthetic. It's like, yeah, it's going to be carnage it's going to be absolute carnage uh, and a lot of fun and a lot of fun oh um star trek uh, resurgence is a telltale games um set in the world of star trek i'm surprised that this hadn't happened before but the fact that it has happened now is definitely going to get a lot of people very excited because those telltale games when they do them right are very very good very, they said Telltale Games are still around. Didn't they get closed down for a little while there? Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought for the, for the longest. Um, the, what, what ones stand out for you? Did you play many? Uh, mostly the Walking Dead series. I played through the series one of Game of Thrones, which put me off Telltale Games for the rest of it. Oh, because wow. yeah, that was it was more so that the formula had been done, but also because, well, it 
that kind of exposed the fact that your choices never really mattered or that it had any sort of weight whatsoever. Yeah. Um, it, it's enough to ruin it. Um, it was one one license too far, I think. Right. Uh, but the, I really enjoyed Telltale Games did uh, Sam and Max really well. Um, mm-hmm. I just wish they kept doing more. Yeah. Just kept the story going because they, they really smashed it, in my opinion. I, I kept meaning to play Batman. I didn't play Batman, but um, I did enjoy Wolf Among Us. I thought that was pretty good. I like that one. What, Wolf Among, uh, yeah, Wolf Among Us was fantastic as well. And I'm a big fan of the, um, I'm forgetting the comics. Uh, I've, I've got quite a few of them as graphic novels, uh, fables, fables. Yeah, that's really it. Good. Neil Gaiman's Fables. On. So yeah, good, good, good. Um, Rumbleverse. Uh, wow, there's so many. See what I mean? The, 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 the amount of announcements, and I've skipped loads. And do you know what the sad part is about all of this? This is what E3 should have been. This yeah. is the amount of content you would expect at E3, and all of the games would have been launching October, November. Yeah. Whereas uh, in Rumble, reality, it's February, March now. Rumble versus one I probably shouldn't have bothered putting in here. Uh, it's an epic store game exclusive. It is literally Fortnite. Um, so, yeah, Fortnite, but with a bit more close combat fighting by the looks of it. Um, but hey, that's a thing that's coming. Um, yeah, it seems a bit hateful. On your, yeah, and your, your Twitch stream soon. Um, another game that's made it right again to the top of my, oh yeah, I need to play that list, was the original a Plague Tale for the PlayStation 4 uh, because the sequel's coming out. Um, Uncharted-like game set in the uh, uh, early 1900s. No, no, what am I talking about? The early 20th century, uh, the, the the Black Plague. I'm getting the dates completely wrong there, regardless. Um, yeah, the Black Plague uh, uh, coming out and, and, and you having to use like lights to go around in the sewers with all of the rats running around you. This is a sequel to that game. It was quite well reviewed. I think it was a 7, 8 out of 10, roughly, uh, which is good enough for me. Uh, and I think the story of this looks amazing. Uh, the fact they're making a sequel makes me want to go back and play the original, which I should have done many, many ago. Did you play the original, Grizzly? Um, I've got it downloaded, ready to go uh, from PlayStation Plus. Um, I just need to get around to it. Mm-hmm. This it's, is cool. uh, I remember the trailer for the first one being really good. It had Sean Bean reciting a, a monologue. And uh, right. I, I remember that really standing out to me. But uh, other than that, no, I, I, I didn't really give it that much time. But I fully intend to. It looks yeah. fantastic. Chevmatic saying it's a great, uh, the, uh, the first game was great. Um, uh, nice, says Republic of Game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This does look good. This does look good. Um, this one looks better. So I want to play the original first because it's always hard to go back to the original when the much better and much more refined sequel if you play that one first. So yeah, got to get that first one in. Got to get it done soon. Um, Dying Light 2. This isn't new information, but here's some more information on Dying Light 2. <laughs> I didn't play the original. <laughs> it's too many games, guys. Too many uh, games. Yeah, I'm, I'm good to skip this one. I've got nothing to say about Dying Light. The first game was all right. Um, but yeah, it's probably going to just be more of the same. Parkour zombies. Zombies with parkour. <laughs> parkour zombies. Parkour, parkour. Yep. parkour Elden parkour. Ring, who cares? I do. Elden Ring's amazing. <laughs> um, it, it looks amazing. Um, the I wish I was able to get onto the network test because they gave um, quite considerable amounts um, to play. And I will say, I, I am super excited. I've got my collectors in pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. That's all I really need to say on that one, because I really don't want to see any more. I haven't watched this trailer specifically, because, yeah, because I want to actually play play it blind and 
you know, discover some bosses before it gets completely spoiled like it always does. You want to get into it and you want to treat it the same way people are treating that new Spider-Man movie. Do right. Let's, let's not have any spoilers in the chat. And now I've said that, I'm going to hide the chat so nobody can uh, be nice. <laughs> it's fine. No, we're, talk we're talking about uh, The Matrix now. So have you played this? Because this is free to download. This is um, I've the Unreal... watched it. I haven't played it. The Unreal Engine uh, 5 demo It's I hate to say it, breathtaking, because it's <laughs> Keanu's on screen. Um, but no, uh, genuinely, it is a looker, um, and it really shows you where where gaming could go. But there's always the risk of it just being a tech demo. They've literally thrown everything that's good at you in one small snippet, which can never be replicated into a like 40-hour experience. There's mm -hmm. always that risk. But it looks brilliant. And the fact that uh, Keanu Reeves and... Uh, Carrie Ann Moss on the screen there are pu are made out of CGI. Yeah, you I, you can tell, you, you can, can tell, but they look good. They do yeah. look brilliant. And um, this is the game that uh, uh, Shiny always wanted to make. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it look it does. It looks really really good. Um, I'm glad that this is what we're getting as the uh, the tie in video game uh, uh, collaboration thing instead of like Enter the Matrix um this is all it needed to be um nice bit of promo work everyone's happy it does look really really nice it ends with basically showing how they've built the world using unreal engine 5 um looks really really nice um and uh it's a great way to show off uh what what, what the system can do uh systems can do nowadays let's just hope we don't have to wait till the end of the generation before we start seeing games that actually do look like this you know, yeah, that's the sad part, right? Because the very first, this is like an Unreal Engine Five like showcase. It's showing everything that this engine can do, um, and what most developers should be able to like strive and aim for. The first Unreal Engine Five game coming out for the foreseeable future is mm -hmm. Fortnite. Yeah, which and, and people are thinking I'm hating on Enter the Matrix. I'm not. I thought Enter the Matrix was good fun. I'm just saying that, that like this is what they wanted to make back then. Like this, this looks. This doesn't look too far off graphically than the sequels did. Because when you watch the sequels, you can go, ah, oh, there's CG Keanu Reeves, even when you're watching the movies. You know, that fight scene where he's fighting like 500 um, uh, Mr. Smiths or whatever he is, yeah. the agents. Like, yeah, okay, this, he, he looks very rubbery now. <laughs> these, these look as good, if not better than that, in my opinion. Um, uh, you know, like when uh, the, the final fight, and uh, he's punching, and it slow-mos through the rain, and it doesn't look like rain anymore. It's like he's punching jelly. <laughs> yeah. I think what really bothers me is when, you, when you've watched it a couple of times, and then you see like the animations, like each of the cars, when it gets when he, the tires get popped, they all like crash and break exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. The only time that any additional physics are applied is when something like hits them on their side. Um, but yeah, it... it it looks like the Matrix, and that's what counts. And it's it's really cool. It is really really cool. And seeing stuff in action, like the um, the fact that each of the cars is an AI, they can do long distance AI, so they can show entire cities of really dense traffic um, from a distance. It's it's genuinely genuinely cool. Um, I just like to see it being used in an actual experience. And that's, that is the thing. It reminds me of, uh, for anyone that played uh, uh, VR games, when the PlayStation VR was first came out, they had that like disc that you could buy for like 40 quid or whatever. They had like 10 experiences on there. And one of them was like a gangster one. 
and we never got a game that was as good as that demo. There was like, there was one they made up, like Blood and Sweat or something it was called. Yeah, Blood and Fury or something like that, yeah. But it still wasn't as good as the demo. Um, so uh, I, I, I do have a worrying feeling that this is really, really cool as a small little mini segment, but we're probably not, maybe not ever going to see a game like this in this generation. Definitely, yeah. I, that's the sad part, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, but then again, it, also you've got to ask yourself, do you really want to be shooting cars for a, an eight-hour experience? <laughs> yeah. Um, as, as, a, as a one-off game, uh, as, as a one-off little bit in the middle of a game, I see it quite similar to some of the stuff they did with Uncharted. You could do some cool stuff with that. The, the, big, uh, the big chase scene in Uncharted was like crazy. Uncharted 3, I'm talking. Uh, four, yeah. And that, guys, is the Game Awards. Woo-wee! Yes, that's even glossing over a few, so that's... Uh... There was quite a few we missed. Yes. Uh, a game called Sinks, which looked really good. Ark Riders, uh, Raiders, sorry, looked really, really good. There was quite a few other ones as well. But guys, there's, there, there, there's genuinely loads. And as an award show, I thought it was a bit naff. But as a game news reveal trailers thing, it was like so much better than it had any right to be. <laughs> yeah. It's just saying how it was packaged, really. Yeah, because it, it feels like there's like E3's kind of moved to a different time slot. Um, that's mm-hmm. how it felt. So, yeah, but yeah, sure. more than welcome. I I'm more than welcome it because well, you know, it was getting a bit dicey there for a moment for the PS5 and Series X because I felt like we the best we'd seen isn't coming out for a good couple of years. <laughs> for sure, so. for sure. Uh, and like I say, there is there is a lot there. Um, and um, fair play for the announcements because that took a long time. <laughs> to get oh yeah. Through. but we did it we did it now guys let's talk about another announcement from the (laughs) game awards yes Ah, well i am gonna put this on slow-mo sonic the hedgehog 2 the movie uh trailer was dropped um uh, ben schwartz the main guy who was the voice of sonic came out he done a little video presentation with um what's his name uh uh, jim carrey and we got to see sonic the hedgehog 2 excited Grizzly? I am. Uh, I can't wait to see this, genuinely. Um, yeah, the last film I saw before lockdown was the first Sonic. Um, mm-hmm. And I have no ounce of regret because it's not like it was the greatest film in the world, but I had a lot of fun watching it and, you know, just feeling like a kid again, watching something that was clearly designed for people younger than me. Um, yeah, it was, it was good fun. Um, and this... Looks like they're taking it into a more credible direction to me. It feels mm. like the first one had to happen so this one could run. The first one had to walk so this could run. So they, they've 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 pulled out like more story elements from the games. They've pulled together some imagery from you know the adventure titles. They've even pulled together music from mm-hmm. the second game, which is very cleverly added in at the end. Even yeah, if it's it that usual foom and wah kind of like cinema trailer type version Indeed. it looks uh it looks really cool um I'm, i look forward to seeing it yeah it's um it's so for me even though i've not seen it um i want this to be the end i don't want yes. them to make any more um this is for me the trilogy because now they're talking they, they're in, without spoilers they, they, they show knuckles at the end and uh obviously knuckles was part of sonic 3 and knuckles 
and Knuckles, obviously where that come from. And uh, so this is very much the the story of two and three put together. You know, movie art, you know, Hollywooded up, you know, with typical elements, the same way the first one was. Um, but it's all it needs to be. Uh, Dr. Robotniks is back. Uh, the trailer shows him there on his skateboard, which is actually taken from some classic uh, 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 artwork. The actual artwork underneath the skateboard is the same they've used in artwork, which they used for one of the promo promotions of the game itself. You see yeah. Dr. Robotnik falling down in what I assume is this movie's version of the Death Egg. Um, yeah, and not only that, but the, it appears to be from a space satellite, which is very similar to the arc at the end of Sonic Adventure 2. Sorry, let's yep. get deep into the Sonic lore for this one. We're talking yep. references. For sure, so. for sure. Uh, so Sonic's uh, taking on a bit of a Batman role. It's even referenced in there, even say the word Batman, where he's basically becoming a bit of a vigilante, saving the day uh, at night, coming out and doing what he has to do and all that sort of stuff. But uh, they're telling him, no, 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 don't do everything. Only do the, the real big jobs, basically. You need to, to calm down a little bit because you're causing a lot of destruction along your way as well. Dr. Robotnik's made his way off of that mushroom planet. Um, which he got sent to, which I loved that he got sent there. And he looks a bit more like Robotnik now. Um, you know, he's got his more out-of-control moustache, which I, I'd love to know how freaking annoying that must have been for Jim Carrey to have that on throughout the entire movie. Because that thing couldn't have been light. It's so funny. So uh, he brings... Go on. <laughs> Sorry, I just... You know, there, there's a, a part on there where um, Eggman's, like, henchman in, um, from the first one, he's yeah, working yeah, at... He's working at a coffee shop called Mean yeah. Bean Cafe. I at love mean it. Mean Bean Cafe. Amazing. So happy. So happy. Um, yeah, little throwback there to Mean Bean Machine for, anyone, for, the, for the one person that didn't get that reference. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Dr. Robotnik's back and he looks, oh, he looks so good. Yeah. He isn't fat and it's the only thing keeping away from a perfect looking Dr. Robotnik. But I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. He's, um, I'll tell you what, it, it is his, uh, if we actually look back at the, when he comes out there and he's got all his robots around him, um, let's freeze frame that. Um, they've the still, star ones. yeah, you got the buzz bombers right there uh, from the original game, but they've all still got that uh, portal to look about them. Uh, they're all very clean, white with red lasers, you know. Um, in fact, I've got some Funkos of, of Portal 2 characters, and my, my son actually said, Oh, he's from Sonic. No, no, like, yeah, he doesn't know what Portal is, but they <laughs> genuinely look that close to the Portal robots. Um, I love it. I, I, I think Jim looks fantastic. There, right there, that silhouette of him. I, I could have that on my. I think that looks amazing. I don't, I don't even care that he's not fat. You know, I, 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 I was hoping he'd be a bit more plump. I've got to say, but he still looks amazing. Like that, that to me, that. The same way I was excited to see what Sonic looked like in the first film, and obviously that was a massive disaster, but now I'm... Uh, meow. <laughs> I'm just so happy with how Dr. Robotnik looks right here. Walking out of his death egg. Really good. Uh, yeah, so he's got the Buzz Bombers next to him there from the original Sonics and, and quite a few of the games afterwards. He's looking more and more like Robotnik with his uh, goggles, um, his big massive moustache, um, which is so stupidly over the top. His massive red and jacket, red and black jacket, which is obviously a little bit Hollywooded up for the movie, but it still looks brilliant. It's it's close enough uh, to what it uh, what it always used to look like. Um, he's obviously recruited back his henchmen, and here we see him getting the Master Emerald. Yes, it's a bit small, but you know, yeah. It's oh a, yeah, obviously he used to have to carry it around, didn't he, on his um uh, with, with a crane underneath his uh his little thing. 
yeah. flying machine. Now, what you see in, yeah, yeah, so. in the background there, you've uh, got the, uh, the classic owl symbol from the first film where Sonic was originally... Um, uh, uh, where he originally lived when he was a baby before he transported himself to Earth. So obviously Dr. Robotnik is moving around different worlds before he makes his way back to Earth to seek his vengeance and take yeah. the power of Sonic. And that owl design uh, also happens to be the same <clears throat> as seen in the Labyrinth Zone of Sonic 1, if you remember. Oh, I did it's, not pick up on that. It's the, yeah, you get the owl statues in the tile set, so... Sorry, I'm super geeking out over this track. No, it's really, really good. That is a <laughs> beautiful looking Chaos Emerald, Master Emerald, whatever. Really, really nice. And as we move on, we see Tails come in, which is the end of the first movie. Voiced by the original Tails voice actor, which is good. We do see him flying around in his red plane. and uh, It's got the classic Sonic uh, symbolism on the back. Yeah, that is actually... They've designed that perfectly after the actual like Sonic 2 tornado. It's got the yeah. same livery, uh, the same like star logo on the back, the F on the side. It's perfect. It's exactly mm -hmm. what you'd want to see. Absolutely. It looks, it looks really, really nice. This is when Sonic and Tails meet, apparently. So, uh, it, like I say, it's blending Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 and Knuckles together a little bit. Yeah. <coughs> um, there's not really much else to say. You see some nice uh, action of them flying through, which is very iconic. Uh, as we go along a little bit more, we see him running through. Oh, let's go back a bit there. Running through a sort of pyramid zone, very akin to Sonic 3. Yeah, like, lava reef slash, yeah. I'm hoping it's not, this isn't like the montage like you saw at the, the, in the trailer for the first film, which is just that one bit at the end where he's just flying through ring, 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 just shooting around different parts of the world, like shooting through Paris and all that sort of stuff. I'm hoping there's, there's a few fight scenes in this or like, you know, scenes like this throughout the movie. And this is just one of them. Um, but yeah, you got the swinging spikes behind him, which is similar to what you saw in the games. Like, ah, oh, this is going to look so good when it comes out. Yeah, sure. Um, very Aztec looking. You got the annoying sister who hates the boyfriend for some reason and wants him to, uh, wants her sister to get a divorce from him, which I always thought was a bit forced in the first film. But hey, you got to have that humor in there somehow to get the parents laughing. Um, another, another bar scene, like the first yep. film. Uh, and this is very, like you say, similar to Sonic Adventure 1. Yeah. The big Aztec, uh, which I'm assuming, which is what we just saw that running through, which is going on inside there. <coughs> um, all the water rushing down the side getting vibes from the end of Sonic 3 there where the actual Earth actually gets lifted up out of the ocean. Yeah. But kind of reversed, technically. Oh, shots of Sonic running. Uh, ah, here we go. I can hear the music. I can hear the music. <laughs> Ice Cap Zone, Sonic 3. Um, obviously, he's obviously using some kind of broken off machinery here, but Sonic is going down on his snowboard. <laughs> it's so cool. I'm nerding out massively. I never get this in depth with these sort of trailers, but the fact that they're, it's, it's not completely Sonic 3 and Knuckles, but the fact that they're taking elements from my all-time favorite game and putting it into a movie, I'm so happy. This is all the bad guys chasing him as he goes down the uh, icy slopes. It looks so awesome. Seeing Dr. Eggman or Robotnik, whatever you want to call him, in, there, uh, in, in his little flying mobile thingy. Oh, it's so good. I'm in love. But I do want this to be the end because I don't want them to ruin it. Yeah, for sure. I don't want this to turn into Alvin and the Chipmunks free chipwrecked. 
you'll never get my power. You know, obviously he wants it. And uh, this is when we first get to see Knuckles, uh, voiced by Idris Elba, which I was a bit like, why? Why would you choose him? But in actual fact, if I didn't know this was Idris Elba, I, I, I wouldn't have got it from this trailer. It actually sounds very good. He's putting it on very well. He's, uh, you can just about hear it's him, but it's, it sounds more angry, pissed off, getting mugged off, uh, Knuckles, which we're more used to. And Knuckles looks really, really good. It's designed, yeah, it's fantastic. You know, in, within the, the context of the Sonic movie, um, he looks exactly as you would hope he would. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I do think that Idris Elba could have been actually quite a good choice for this, consider, like when you hear his voice. It's not mm-hmm. bad at all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Robotnik looks so cool. Like, oh, oh, love him. Absolutely love him. So yeah, there's Sonic 2 movie trailer. I don't think we can really break it down any more than we already have. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the most in-depth breakdown you're going to get. <laughs> Just a couple um, of nerds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we all know exactly how it's going to turn out. Knuckles gets tricked, and then he turns his life around and realizes, oh my God, actually, you know what? Eggman's the bad guy, and he's the reason my planet, or wherever he's come from, is, is buggered up. I mean, it's, it's the same one, actually, as the Owl one, because you see him at the beginning of Sonic 1, don't you? The, the, the first movie. Yeah. Ah, oh, very exciting. Now... Yes, I, I look forward to the uh, the adventures nipples the enchilada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please don't show us one more trailer. That's enough, because I'm going to break down the next one, and I don't want to know every little thing about this movie. <laughs> um, but I'm going to look into everything, every little thing about this movie. Um, so yeah, April 8th, 2022 is when it comes out. Um, I'm going to be going to the cinema day one uh, to go and check this out of my son. I have great memories taking my son to watch this. Um, he really liked the movie. We've been watching the old Sonic movie a lot, actually, in this house quite a lot recently because of this. <sighs> yeah, cool stuff, cool stuff. Hmm. And uh, yes, Hazabozo actually says uh, says it right there. This movie is being called Sonic versus Knuckles in Japan. Oh, yeah. Is there that a, makes um, perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Let me see if there's a... I'd love to see what the logo looks like. And I have it here. There we go. Sonic versus Knuckles. Um, everything looks better when you do it with Japanese text. Very nice. Yeah, it's all right. It's cool. It's quite cool. It's, they've kind of gone for like a Sonic and Knuckles like type of logo don't they yeah and they're still using the verses to make sure tails gets his representation yeah (laughs) very cool very very cool ah nice now let's stop nerding out that was our sega topic of the week although i think there might be another one and let's talk about peter molyneux and kickstarter yes Mm -mm. because of course he is um should i take a lead on this one um go for it I think I'm going to struggle with the next part. So when it comes to Peter Molyneux, um, never one to look past a potential money-making opportunity that could, you know, potentially bankrupt people. Um, He's making a new business simulator um, so that you can essentially create your own blockchain assets and then sell them to other people who want blockchain assets. How about that? So, um, yeah, the game is a it's called Legacy that he's working on and the idea is is that you are working within a blockchain style business generating assets which you then sell uh both for like in-game currency and i believe like the real world currency as well and yeah that's pretty much the thing it's this whole concept of a play to earn um gameplay style which every major developer is going to be 
ramming down your throats very, and very soon. If and they're not doing already. Which they are, yeah. You've got Ubisoft working on Ghost Recon assets, which are all mm -hmm. NFTs, and those are simple like helmets you can use in-game. And oh, it's all hidden behind this idea of being cosmetic assets only. So you don't need them, but, you know, this is all content within the game that should be, you know, typically hidden behind some sort of unlock criteria, you know, within the game. So mm -hmm. it's just a new money-making scheme. Uh, of course, Peter Molyneux was part of it, and uh, it was only a matter of time. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I just love how this article was written, the first part. It just, everyone knows what Peter Molyneux is like. <laughs> this, is how, this is how the Kotaku, Kotaku article um, uh, wrote this, and, and links are all in the description. Have you, been, have you been wondering what old Peter Molyneux's been up to lately? Well, in a move that, in a move that will, let me start again. Have you been wondering what old Peter Molyneux has been up to lately? Well, in a move that very few will find surprising, the infamous designer is jumping into the world of blockchain gaming and NFT bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I love the next line. Molyneux, who once got a bunch of people to tap a cube for fun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did a quick uh, camera on that. You guys can find that one out. The uh, Peter yeah, Molyneux disaster. What a mess that was! I I don't think the guy's actually still still hasn't received any. No, no, I, I've got him on um on on Twitter as as a friend. We chatted for a little bit, and he says he can't bring himself to delete the app because uh, it just reminds him of that time he almost became a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> He's never going to make a million out of that. Let's be fair now. But um yeah, so um. Uh, um, everyone's jumping on this NFT thing. Um, uh, Molly News, the same. Uh, Ubisoft are doing it. I, I even brought it up with the Amico stuff as well. Um, and uh, Kickstarter are moving almost entirely to the blockchain, which I do find odd. Like, it's so, so strange. They are moving into, from what I understand, or at least what their press release says, they're moving into, and I, 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 I'm going to butcher this because I don't know a lot about blockchain crypto and all that sort of stuff yeah you have to bear in mind that we 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 both probably don't know that much about blockchain stuff and yeah. you know any any sort of like you know kind of damnation that's thrown at it is based on an external knowledge rather than a you know fully informed one i believe yeah. i think that's fair to say for both of us mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah we're trying oh, to can understand, understand why these companies are doing uh peter molyneux people are doing this but for Kickstarter, I find it very, very odd. They're, they're, it's, it's almost it's a step too far. I mean, if you go over to places like PlayAsia, for the longest time, for years and years, they've had Bitcoin as an option at the checkout. Um, but to be able to move your entire uh, platform to, the block, to, to, to Bitcoin blockchain stuff, uh, my understanding is they're doing it in, in a way that isn't going to uh, uh, mess with the environment as much as the Eurethum, Eurefa, whatever it is. Um, uh, Ethereum, Ethereum. Yeah, like sorry, way he's doing it. They're very much doing it on a and a server on a on a side chain. Okay, but but why? But why though? As as the meme goes, why though? Why why move entirely yeah. to that? I understand why Molyneux, who's always obsessed with trying to find the next big thing, and the, the, I mean this is so in his wheelhouse to do something absurd like this. I, it's it's us telling you what's happening, but it's not surprising in the slightest that Molyneux would go down this route. Uh, in all honesty, it's just this it, is just this is him all over. Um, but for Kickstarter to go down there entirely, it, it's 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 a really uh, it's a stupid move. Actually, it's a stupid move. Yeah, I mean, like the whole this whole play to earn thing. Um, 
there's there's been very there's been a few bandwagons in the past where there's been like a new money making opportunity and whether a big company or a uh, small business or an entrepreneurial type gets a hold of it there's always one constant factor that ruins everything when it comes to these kind of things mm-hmm. and that is some kid so when the money making opportunity was loot boxes some kid overspent so much money on daddy's credit card that he caused a fuss and took something someone to court and now there's regulation for it or there's been regulation being worked on or it's got the eyes of the government on it mm-hmm. you'll see that as a, a bit of a trend um csgo lotto uh if we remember that one so a couple of youtubers decided yeah, yeah. That they're going to sell gambling to kids in you know with csgo items which are basically proto nfts of their own um and then some kid got scammed out of money because they were, you know, cheating the system, um, advertising their own websites and what have you. The government got involved. They got taken to court. And, you know, the rest is history. And now NFTs play to earn syndrome and what have you, which are basically loot boxes. But you know what you're getting, only you're spending a hell of a lot more for them. That is the basic understanding of it all let's just be honest now and you don't really own this stuff you know it's just a receipt saying that you own it um yeah. all it's going to take is for some kid yet again to spend a hell of a lot of money on these things potentially lose a lot of money because hey you're talking about assets which can be purchased for money and then sold on for money and at some point somebody's going to lose it always happens it it's happened since year dot that's capitalism for you um that some kid is going to raise a fuss and then suddenly the government's going to be all over this stuff and then the whole idea of a decentralized bank or you know currency exchange is just going to go to pot because taxes will then become involved and it won't be as lucrative or as exciting as it used to be Mm -hmm. so just like that and vaping vaping is another example of all of that you know as soon as um as soon as those taxes come in become involved People lose interest. They don't care anymore. It's just a fad that passed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> just reading. The I know. <laughs> so sorry. I've got. I've got to recount that to the podcast guys. I'm gonna to have to change this from from uh, clean to explicit. But um, one of the the things that came up was Sega would like to sell some NFTs. Can fuck right off. And this is a headline. <laughs> yeah, everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. Absolutely, love it. Everyone um it's it's a new gaming whether you like it or not it's happening it's uh, it is, yeah. interesting to see how this goes about you know uh, it, we, 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 there, there was a time when angry birds um oh i wonder if that, it looks like you know mobile gaming is going to be the next big thing and as much as me and me and grizzly would like to think that no look, look at all those games that were just announced for the game awards there's mobile gaming isn't the next big thing as we discussed a few months ago on the on the podcast, the the, the the company that made the most out of gaming last year was Apple, who've never made a game. <laughs> or don't make games, at least. You know, it's all on their gaming platform because mobile gaming is the way of the future. NFT gaming is going to be a big part of the future. Like DLC, everything, every game needing DLC to make it turn a buck. That's, be, that's become the norm now. This is be, going to become the norm because... Um, yeah. Uh, unless it implodes on itself, because that sort of thing has happened in the past, uh, and it ends up becoming a fad. But honestly, I don't think it will. This will become the norm. And um, uh, yeah, uh, we need to get used to it and just uh, report on it as and when it comes out. Uh, but like I say, it's not surprising to anyone uh, that uh, <laughs> Peter Molyneux 
is uh, is jumping on board because yeah, of course, of course not. It's Peter Molyneux. Hmm. What he does, it, 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 I'm I'm kind of glad he's doing it because he he's such a character. It, it's just amazing news for me. I find it so funny. And look at him. Of course, he's on. He's in the blockchain NFC world. Yeah, like I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a stance here, and I'd. You know, it's one of those things. If you disagree with me, that's absolutely fine. But I'm just gonna come out and say it is. If you needed any proof that NFTs are a scam, look no further than Peter Molyneux being interested. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Imagine if I was a company that I was uh, that was doing all this NFT stuff. Uh, you know, and I was invested myself, and I, I, you know, in my mind, it was a good idea. Then I see that article, Peter Molyneux joined in, I'm like, oh, fuff. <laughs> this is all we need. <laughs> uh, and guys, that was our final of the original five topics, but we have got a few more things here we're going to quickly talk about. Yes, very quickly. <laughs> very much so, yeah. Uh, let's chat about um, uh, this, this. Go on, Grizzly. Talk about this. What we yeah, doing? so just a really quick one. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but this looks really interesting. It's essentially a um, documentary about the about Xbox, um, but the chapter that's on screen at the moment is about uh, Don Matrick and his thoughts on why the Xbox One launch failed. Um, if you were around at the time, I mean, most people uh, watching Slopes, I'm sure, will be. Yeah. Um, it was one hell of uh, one hell of a ride you know they have massively successful with the xbox 360 and at that point they just went complacent completely complacent so this was the classic oh you won't you'll have to log in every 12 out 24 hours to uh you know be able to play your digital download yeah. games you buy a physical copy it then da- installs onto your console and it's locked to your get uh, console forever you can't trade it or s- even lend that game to friends um and then sony came out and said right here's a little video just saying uh here's how to ch- here's how to share games on playstation 5 hand a physical copy of the game over to a friend thanks um and it there's there's a whole like section where they're just saying how brutal from the microsoft perspective how brutal that moment was when you worked for microsoft mm. so i like the fact that they've actually taken reference of that of that moment and uh, they're doing know, the they right thing decided to address it yeah mm. um they certainly have come lot come on leaps and bounds since don matrick i mean the, don matrick i mean thinking back to that guy this is the guy who couldn't hold a job at farmville so, you know it's amazing he he ever headed up the uh xbox division i'm glad he's kind of gone <laughs> but yeah and yeah that's... yeah storm stormkeeper yes yeah. sony trolled microsoft good when this all came about for sure oh yeah yeah, yeah. totally the, uh, but yeah, lending of games. How do you lend games on the PlayStation? Here you go. Thanks. PlayStation. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh man, so brutal. But yeah, yeah. great, um, great looking documentary. Uh, I'm, I'm going to su- suggest people watch it and then report back and let me know what you think. I um, I, I actually saw the uh, launch of the Xbox One, obviously original Xbox One. Uh, when uh, I went, I went down to a game store. It was just like a GameStop here in the uk uh, and sat on the floor with a few other people there's about 10 of us in uh probably about 20 of us in there and we watched it and it was just silent like no one really cared it was just a bit like oh how was that it and you gotta think we're coming off the back of the 360 in the playstation 3 area we had been waiting a long time for another series that generation well outstayed its welcome it was a hugely long generation a decade essentially 
before we started getting new generations of uh, new, new new consoles. Um, and yeah, it was just a bit like, oh, okay. It didn't that. help that they were doubling down on something that people were already sick of in the form of like motion control, connect, mm-hmm. and what have you. And then they then they decided to come out with all of these like anti-consumer policies, which were mostly rumor at that point. But then they came out and actually confirmed it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Sony was just waiting. They were waiting and ready for for that announcement to be made. You can tell. So they they could you know immediately counter everything that was said by Microsoft and have a good time doing so. Yeah. Was, uh, you know they 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 dug their own grave. Um, I'm glad they're still around though. I've got to say. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Very interesting though. And and like I say, good on them for actually. Uh, uh, owning up to it and talking about it uh, openly. No, uh, companies yeah. don't do that sort of thing. Not in the gaming space. Definitely not. Uh, companies like Microsoft usually. Yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah, for sure. Banjo Kazooie's coming to the Switch in January. Yeah, so I I wanted to have a bit of a rant about this because I think it's absolutely rubbish that you're paying so much more money for the N64 online service and you're only getting one game a month. This is kind of what we said would happen when we first mm-hmm. reported on it. So that means. I mean, how many games have they announced for Nintendo Switch? There was a lot on the N64, though, was there? Let's be honest. <laughs> well, that's not that's... to me hating on the system, but... That's the thing. A lot of the games that they've announced to be being released for this service have already been released on other platforms. They've got this emulation done. Now, it, they've, they've probably announced, what, 10 upcoming games? Right. That is 10 months of content. I, I reckon, I reckon there'll be months missing. That'll be 10 months for the year. Uh, 10 games for the year. Yeah. It's rub. This this is stupid. You should not support this at all. Did, are they um, adding any extra for the Mega Drive thing, or is it only for N sixty four? I have yet to see an announcement for more Mega Drive stuff. Not that that would really change my opinion, unless they put something absurd in there, like games that weren't released or something. But yeah, yeah, Nintendo really need to do better here because this is just poor. Really, it really. really poor. It, it, there... Banjo's Banjo's a great game, but it's it's not one month worth of game. I mean, especially if uh, you're not really wanting. Especially if you've got an Xbox and you play the better version on that. <laughs> exactly, yeah, because you you're not playing the emulated version. You're playing something that's actually been improved. <laughs> it's just yeah, and and so Bruno makes a good point. Are, are we not getting extra NES and SNES games as well? I haven't I haven't really seen any of those. I'm, I'm mostly focusing on the N64 stuff because. This was a big announcement. People have paid extra for the N64 stuff. Mm. They've paid considerably more for the N64 stuff, and they're still only getting one game a month. It's just not good enough. Not good enough not, at all. It's not. Naughty, naughty Nintendo. Yeah. You've played this one, haven't you? Uh, um, Grizzly. Yeah, I recently reviewed this one. It's quite a good game. Um but most significantly, it's beaten Duke Nukem Forever as being the longest game in development. I mean, over 30 years worth of development versus now, 25 plus years for Duke Nukem. Is that like real, though? Is yeah. that a real thing? Because, I mean, they haven't been working on this for 30 years, have they? No, uh, it's the time. Uh, I think it's the time amount where it started development and the time where it's ended development. So technically, yes, um, it's. It's the same as Duke Nukem, because Duke Nukem Forever wasn't worked on for the entirety of the time. There was a massive gap in which 3D Realms was doing absolutely nothing, and that's been well documented. So if you count it in the same context as Duke Nukem Forever, then yeah, it is 
you know, it's been in development that long. Yeah. 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 Um, um mm. So original story is uh, the game started development in 1992 um, and uh, it was shopped around in 1994 when it was close to completion. And then at the time, they just went, you know what? Platforming games in the arcade are not doing well. It's all about Street Fighter. It's all about Mortal Kombat. Um, let's shelve it um, and never release it until Ainin Games decided to buy it, uh, buy the rights for it. And they've released it finally uh, while finishing up all of the unfinished bits. It's quite a solid little game. Um, I wouldn't say it's anything really to write home about, but if you are a sucker for game preservation, it's one that I'd recommend. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it looks nice. It, it does look nice. And um, definitely got a, a sort of 2D platforming Wonder Boy 3 style about Yeah, it's the same um, guys as uh, Wonder Boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, and therefore, you know, hey, and that's so hard to believe, especially with people like, like I don't know, like Pico. That, that bring up games. Mm. But I've got quite a few of their games actually. Uh, in, in in this one right here, the Cotton and the Space Invaders Forever. They're a good company, um, and fair play to them for being the people to actually uh, get this sorted. Fair play. And finally, oh no, not finally. We have got two more things. Um, Masayaka Masayuki Uemura. Um, apologies if that was mispronounced. Uh, yeah, the engineer behind the NES and SNES has passed away. Now, um, normally we wouldn't, you know give this the and the rest section because of course uh gentlemen of this caliber uh building one of the two of the most well-known gaming consoles of all time um yeah. passing away is by no no means like little news but you know we've got so much to cover today um unfortunately this is this is just where it is i think we might want to come back to this one at some point because you know this guy's got a legacy yeah um legend and he has died. I don't really know what else I can say to it, um, but um, uh, you know, drink drinks go out to him, I suppose. Like all your forties uh, out, lads. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, working with the, one, one of the OG people in the retro video game space, and worked on some of the most iconic video game systems of all time. He deserves his. Uh, 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 he deserves to be remembered, and that's why we're bringing him up. An absolute legend. Yeah, he was there in the pre-Silicon days working on Hanafuda cards long before Nintendo even thought about making video games. But then he just kind of like got into it, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, started building started building hardware, which is a hell of a stretch to go from analog analog stuff like that into, you know, creating what is considered to be two of the most important entertainment mediums of all time. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And finally... Sega announced a Sonic the Hedgehog cross tech uh, Tesla partnership. <laughs> um, so you can play Sonic the Hedgehog one on that awesome looking telly inside of a Tesla car now. Not while driving, not a good idea. Um, but um, is there anything Sega won't put Sonic one on? Yeah, um, I think that's. I think that covers it now. I the I haven't been able to play Sonic on a toaster, but to be honest, I think that's a step too far. This is I'm surprised they haven't done a small collection of Sega titles. Now, they don't even need to be the Sonics for the Evercade. I, I, I reckon it's coming. It's got to be. Like, be. you know, like an Altered Beast and stuff like that. Like, just even if it was only five games, the fact you've got that big blue Sega logo on there, it's going to happen. But hey, until then, if you've got a Tesla, guess what you can play on your Tesla TV? Sonic the Hedgehog 1. Hooray. Now, I'm not getting that one for the <laughs> Sonic collection. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't put that one on your shelf, a car. Definitely. Yeah, I'd love a Tesla. Um, even more so now. 
<laughs> oh, guys, that was a long one. Yes. Thank you so much for hanging out, peeps. Um, uh, yeah, I think next time we're going to do our top picks of the Game Awards. <laughs> uh, I think, if anything, for next week, we should be looking at our Game of the Year because it's that time of the year. I think it might be. I think it might be. I already know what mine is. Do you? Uh, I've got a rough idea, yeah. And we yeah. can talk about them at length. And I don't know. How about let's have a Slopes cast viewer game of the year? Is there for a sure. poll we could set up for this for next week? We reckon? can. We can. Get on over, guys, to Discord. Make sure you are joined into the Discord. And uh, we will be putting a poll in there. Uh, we'll probably probably put it up on a couple of other places as well, like on um, uh, on Twitter and a few other places. But please make sure you get on over there. We can all talk about our favourite games of the year. Michael Towns reckons it's Pe- Peppa Pig. It might be one of the choices. You know, it's got higher rating than Call of Duty and Battlefield combined, so, you know, it's a contender. <laughs> uh, but, guys, yes, please do stick around for our final Slopes cast of the year, which will be next week, and we can um, discuss our game of the year, plus all of the usual gaming news. But for right now, we're going to end it here with our... Slopes cast outro. Thank you guys so, so much for hanging out tonight. If you made it this far, it was a long one. But, you know, those game awards, they were needing to be talked about. They uh, brought out a lot. There was a lot on there. Yeah. It's goodbye from me and see you later. Everyone. Thanks for listening to Slopes Cast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slopes Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on discord at discord.gg forward slash slopes game room and until next time guys this is dj slope signing out and hopefully i'll see you all next time